This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that loves their Uncle Warren and can't wait to hear from him again this year. I'm Andrew Page and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Fools. You have an Uncle Warren too. We do. Uncle Wazza. <laughs> Mr. B. Let me, let me stick yeah, stick with the script. Yeah. Remember, Today, remember the Trump dump, Trump pump thing you tried? Uh, I'm still hopeful on that. Yeah? I'm still hopeful on that. That's, right. that's going to catch on any day mate, now. You keep you keep wearing away. The at eternal that. You keep flogging that dead horse, mate. You keep flogging that dead horse. What are we talking about today? I don't know. Well, it's earnings season, and there is a bunch of results out uh, on the ASX. We have to talk about some of the bigger name ones. We'll never get through them all, but we <laughs> thought we'd touch on, on some of the big ones. Um, and as we've suggested there at the start, uh, Mr. Buffet is uh, penning his annual letter and that is out uh, this coming weekend so that is something for the investment nerds to get excited about. I still don't know what you're calling Mr. Every week. We certainly are. And uh, and then it's my turn to get on the high horse. I'm going to rant about. I don't know. We'll figure that out uh, when it comes. But first. Does that mean you have to wait? Does that mean you have to hold your rant for the rest of this episode? Just to be clear. Mate, I actually haven't planned that far ahead is the real truth of it. But, but I, I've never <laughs> short of, of ideas. That's so. what, I'm, what I'm worried about, though, is making sure you don't rant between then and now. That's all. Uh, 90% of what I say is a rant <laughs> in some way, shape or form. This is a formalized <laughs> rant. So there's the distinction for you. At some point, I was going to drop the words real estate agent and then just step back. I'll, I'll go and get a drink, grab a coffee, lemon, I'll go and play a game of poker or two, and then we'll come back. Can I tell you, I had a really great real estate agent experience throughout the week. No, you so can't. Uh, no? Work. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> I saw you careening off the track there, yeah, but you weren't, you weren't coming back. As soon as I let you get past that, that cutoff point, it was all over. That's why it's a two-man show. <laughs> <laughs> earnings earnings season. Um, we, we we get companies report every six months. Yes, we did some last week. Uh, yeah, we did. Thirty um, first of December was the cutoff, and companies are now reporting. Let's talk about some of the bigger ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna cracking week. Mate. I'm gonna, I've got to start off, mate, with this one because you had what we in uh, the Motley Fool call a bit of a spiffy pop. A spiffy pop throughout the week. So we what did. I want you to do is tell me the name of the company and what the hell a spiffy pop <laughs> is. So the name of the company is Corporate Travel Management. Okay. The code is C. What do they do? D. They provide travel for management for corporate. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's I, I don't know how they come up with the name. I of the do company. know because you. I don't know if you're aware, but you do mention it quite a bit on the show, and no. and for good Me? reason. For good reason. Um, go you ahead. brought it up this time. I, I did. Well, I, I, have, I have to give credit where it's due. So it's it's a it's a company that provides corporate travel management solutions. Um, it's <laughs> what been can on. We call that company. It's been on the scorecard for a while, yeah. and it had a spiffy pop yesterday. It did. What's a spiffy pop? A spiffy pop is a name coined or to, a term coined by our co-founder David Gardner mm-hmm. in the US, and it describes a company whose shares go up in a day more than what you paid for them. So let me get my head around this. So let's say I bought shares at a dollar mm-hmm. and a few years later they're worth 10 bucks. Yep. Oh, let me make this a bit more realistic. They're up $100 now. Yes. And now shares have gone up $1 in a single day. Yes. So basically you get more than the, what you paid for them back as capital gains in a single trading day. Well done, mate. Thank you, mate. That's I was, pretty, that, I was that, pretty happy. That is awesome. So we recommended it back in August 2012 mm-hmm. to our members of Share Advisor. Yeah. Um, if you want to come and join us, let us know. We'll help hook you up. Google.com.au yep. forward slash... There you go. Uh, we will we will sort you out. Yeah, so I, August 2012, yeah. recommended corporate travel management at a price of $2.26. Mm. Yesterday, the shares were up $2.90. So more than a spiffy pop. That's the awesome. first one for share advisor has been a decent couple, you know, five and a bit years coming. But yeah, it's pretty good. The shares are now about $24. So it's already a 10-bagger anyway. So that's yep. the first thing. Yep. You kind of have to have that sort of number that. spiffy yep. pop in the first place. Yep. Uh, but yeah, really, really strong result. And look, you know what? Excited about the share price, of course. Happy for our members, more importantly. Um, but the best thing is the company still delivered profit. It was up at 30 35%. So just continuing to grow at a real rate of knots. You know, so um, it, was, it was a great result. That's what that's why it did the spiffy pop. Mm. Like, there's a couple of lessons here that we have to, before we move on, we have to reiterate. And, and I'll put my hand up for, for being guilty of this. Mm. 
Um, I came and uh, joined the team back in 2014. And I remember one of the first meetings I had with you, you were, you were just preaching how wonderful this company was <laughs> and how I need to get on it. Like, eh. Yeah. And I, I, was just like, I feel as though I've missed the boat on that one is, yeah. was my first thought. Yep. And I, and, then my, and my second thought was, yeah, it's still pretty expensive. It was trading on a pretty <laughs> high PE and PEs are something we'll come yeah. back to later on. And, and then you actually wanted to re-recommend it. So you wanted to add it to the scorecard again. I yes. think how many times have you done that now? Only three. So the original and yes. then three others. No, two more. Oh, sorry, two more. Two okay. More. Yep. And every time I've thought, if I didn't say to you, I'll admit to you now. I kind of thought, <laughs> really? I mean, <laughs> good on you. You got in early. but And, and, and there, therein lies the lesson, yeah. I think, is it's that we, we've talked about all the time and for good reason is this anchoring problem. It's gone up so much. I've missed it. It's too late. It's expensive. And it all just forgets that it's obviously investing is about the future and it still has great potential. As most recently as this week, we find out that in the last six months, they've grown their earnings at 30%. Right. On top of 30% the year before and 30% the year before. And that's kind of the story. Look, I, I, you know, we, we, we... And you still got it as a buy, right? Yeah, exactly. Look, we bring these things up partly because we like to blow our own trumpets. You've got, you got, you got to sing your phrases when it happens. <laughs> it happens right? so rarely, mate. People, people throw a whole lot of negativity at us and we'll take the positive. Just don't talk about them. the bad ones, right? Exactly. No, but so, <laughs> so but it, there's also another reason. And the reason is kind of, it's the Warren Buffett reason, right? We'll get back to also to Uncle Warren mm -hmm. in a minute. But, mm -hmm. the, you know, Buffett is a, a genius and he speaks sensibly and plainly and you can learn a heap from Warren Buffett. Mm -hmm. But if he had never had an investment success... He'd be an obscure stockbroker's assistant living in the middle of west of, of the US. No one ever heard of or heard from. Mm -hmm. And all that wisdom would have been lost. And so to some degree, having some of these wins very occasionally give us a little bit of credibility, I suppose, or, or, or a platform to some degree to actually mm -hmm. share some of this investment wisdom that you've just talked about. And I think for me, there's two things that, that, are shone, that shine through from corporate travel. The first is the benefit of what I'll, I'll call benign neglect, which mm -hmm. is so stealing one from Uncle Warren. Yep. Um, that idea of kind of find a good business and let it do its thing. You know, the share price don't, been, don't overthink it. It's, it's been up and down. It's been down 20% mm -hmm. on more than a few occasions during that journey between 2 bucks and 24 bucks. Yep. You know, it, it was 24, then fell back to just on 20, only mm -hmm. literally just very recently. Mm -hmm. um, it had fallen from... I think 22 back to 18 or 16 at one point. Percentage so big, terms, that's pretty decent. Right. And yeah. so, you know, there's reasons why you could have gone, oh, party's over, better get out, better sell. This is mm. probably as good as it gets. I had a member on the boards yesterday say, oh, oh, how much can you go up in the next six months then? It's already this much. So, well, you could have said that at any point between 226 and 24. Mm. Uh, you know, at any point. But by the way, if, you, if you're only focusing on the next six months, you've, you've started from a losing position. This anyway. is true. And that's the second thing is the benefit of holding for the long term, letting good businesses run. Yeah. And as you said, averaging up. You know, we're, we're all kind of preconditioned to say, well, I bought at 10. So if I'm forced to eight, I'll buy some more because mm. it's now cheaper. Mm. If we go from 10 to 15, I'm like, well, it's already expensive. I better not buy any more. Yep. The lesson from corporate travel is if you have a good business that's got good fundamentals, it's still growing, yep. is a high quality company, you want to be adding more when the business justifies that faith. And that's why, mm. frankly, mate, you say you were concerned. You know, it, this was the first recommendation was at $6.60 from memory. <laughs> and that feels like, I mean, that's 75% below today's price, right? So yeah. that's. But it's of, still, at the time, it was like, it's triple. Right. We're and going again. And I'm, I'm, I remember doing the rec going, Oh, this I, I could I could really look stupid here. This is gonna you know this is crazy. What and then again I did it at eighteen bucks mm. again a year or so ago. Mm. That's still up meaningfully yeah. since then. Yeah, forty fifty percent whatever the number is. And again, same or maybe sixteen bucks. In any case, that same thing was like yeah. now it's now it's you know, five six seven times the price I originally paid. Yeah. Surely that's too much. And it really was. And I will say every single time you know we are standing on the shoulders of giants at the Motley Fool. Those are lessons I've learned from my colleagues here in Australia, our colleagues in the US. Um, I'm a better investor because I'm part of this foolish community mm -hmm. personally quite frankly mm -hmm. um, those are things I wouldn't have done seven eight ten years ago and so you know to be able to hold on to be able to average up 
um, as prices got away from me. Those are things I've had to learn myself, and hopefully I'm passing those on to, well, our, listeners just look, and to be, our listeners. Before we move on to, and just in the interest of balance, like obviously, obviously, you've had some stinkers along the way as dude, well. Dude, dude, don't bring me down. Don't, don't no, I'm doing it. And well, I'm, 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 stay with me because I'll, 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 I'll you are the, killing I'm the hoping mood. I'm going to tr- thread the needle in a nice way here because we all do, right? We Thanks, all, we all make some stinkers, that. and the, the, the trouble is, yeah, is bloke. that you, you, what a lot of us do, and I've mentioned it before, is that. When we have a, an investment that does well, mm-hmm. you know, short term or something, maybe buy a corporate trade, it goes up 20%. You go, fantastic. You know, there's all these stupid cliches in the market. You never go broke taking a profit, <laughs> you know. Yeah, take it while it's there. Oh, annualize that return. And, 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 you, and you're tempted to take it. But when things fall and they fall, mm-hmm. they can fall. You know, we've, we've both had experiences where things have fallen 50% yep. plus. Yep. And, and the thing is, is that the reality is you didn't dump all of your money into this one company. We haven't created an investment service where it's just about this. The, you need these kinds of ones there to yep. balance out everything else. And, and you will never get them if all you're going to be doing is constantly trimming the flowers and watering the weeds, as the saying goes, yep. which is continuing to hang on to the stinkers and, and getting the hell out of the winners as soon as you've booked a little bit of a profit. So I, I screwed up on Thorn Group. We sold that with a 32% loss. Yeah. Origin Group, a 50% loss. Codan, mm-hmm. 64% loss. Mm. I'm reading through the scorecard now. My tail of woe. Collection House, 35%. It's only a half-hour podcast, mate. We, we can't get through all the lists. But here's the thing, right? So for all of those, and just to illustrate your yeah, point, yeah. the average share advisor scorecard recommendation is up 60.4%, yeah. compared to the market up 26%, as yeah. we speak. Um, you, you know, that that's that's a that's a very significant outperformance. And I don't say that to, to brag, but to, the, to, to make your point, which mm. is that despite those losers, it is the winners that really, in those, those multi-bagger winners, the ones that go double, triple, quadruple mm. your money, if I'd have wanted to take 100% profit, I would have sold out at $4.50. Yes. Felt very, very smart. Yep. And then missed out on the rest of that gain. And that, that average scorecard performance is a lot worse off as a result. And I will say, too, my biggest mistake, which isn't on those big losers, is mm. selling out dominoes at a profit at about uh, 13 yes. bucks. Yes. So, again, yes. even the ones that look good, the missed opportunity that, that you know, I didn't go broke taking that profit. Yep. But I'll tell you what, if I'd held on to dominoes, it quadrupled from there. In fact, it was up at sixfold after that. But They're the, the ones price, that haunt me at night. It's not right. so much the ones I've lost on, it's the ones I let go early. Now, Matt's earnings season, we just spent 10 minutes <laughs> so talking about corporate travel, which I frankly, I appreciate. And I should, I, I do want to say one very quick thing, which is that I own shares of corporate travel management, lest I be accused of, of talking my book. Um, to clear, clear disclosure there, I own corporate And I travel. don't, for all the reasons that, stupid reasons that I described before. I should <laughs> rectify that. Um, and now's Never probably a good that, opportunity to buy. That, that's the thing, right? There's the lesson. Right, right. Let's talk about a completely different company, also related to travel, though, I suppose, is Sydney Airports. Maybe not that different, right? Uh, you know, I, um, and again, disclosure, this is one of our recommendations. The earnings um, that they released were, they saw a 9% increase near enough. Uh, they increased the dividend by 11% yeah. here. Um, this is a business, I mean, talk about a mature business, right? Like they, they, they have, they have been around forever. It's not like they can just build another runway, you know, plow <laughs> over a bunch of houses and, yeah, and do it. Yeah. So, but it, it is, it is a business that is, uh, is near enough to a monopoly as you can get. Mm-hmm. And they, they absolutely take advantage of that position here. So they saw a huge increase in passenger numbers, especially from, uh, China, 17% increase. Now, all of those yeah. tourists, not only, uh, you know, means more seats. More bums on seats for the planes and more fees in that regard, but also they do a lot of shopping when they're at Sydney Airport as well. And there's a retail division there. Retail sales are up 13%. So Mm -hmm. for my money, that was an outstanding result, Um, a bit better than I was expecting. They are yielding five, near enough to 6%, right? And we are in a low interest rate world. You've got a business like this that, as far as I'm concerned, will still be around in 100 years' time, unless we're all teleporting all over the place. (laughs) And maybe it won't be, but unless that's not the case. and they will be, look, 
tourist numbers will ebb and flow. But overall, I think this is, if you're an income investor, this is just a no-brainer. Um, yes, you are not going to get corporate travel type returns. I should disclaim that here. This is not something that's going to triple for you anytime soon, but right. it is going to be a solid performer year in, year out, and it's going to give you a great income stream. So a great result and one that I'm happy to have as a buy. And a market-beating buy from dividend investors. Yeah, yeah it's well. really nice. Well yeah, done. It's, it's done well. Uh, early days, though, yeah, it's only been there for a year, so you don't want to crow about it too. It's, it's so so short term. Mm -hmm. um, from the sublime. Okay, to the ridiculous. Well, well which, that, which ridiculous have we got? Yeah, we've got a few. We're going to go to Vocus, don't we? We have to talk about Vocus. So Vocus is a another dividend investor recommendation that didn't work out so well. Yeah. Uh, well, mate, they've cut the dividend, so it's a bit. It, <laughs> let's call that but, one. A, let's call this one a, a failure. But you haven't recommend members sell. Well, so it's, the show's not over just yet. Well, let's let's do a quick recap. So right. these guys were um, just one of the real poster childs of the telco area. There, there was a lot of aggregation in that sector. Yes. Earnings were growing at incredible rates. They all were. TPG, Vocus. Um, in fact, Vocus is an amalgamation of other telcos that they've now brought in M2, perhaps okay. the most notable of all of Amcom. those. Amcom, the other one. And they were just going gangbusters until that growth avenue sort of ran out. The, the market re-rated right? re it. Um, which was one thing, and one thing that was always expected <laughs> from from our perspective. That yep. was, that, in fact, that was after that re-rating that we thought, well, it still makes sense. Yeah. As it turns out, all of those companies that they put together just didn't fit together. That well, it was a very bloated. Um, there was a entity. There was a lot of integration problems. Can I say it's a mess? Uh, yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, internally it's a mess. So it's one of these things that, you know, the investment bankers got together and said, look, if we add all of this together, <laughs> we get one plus one equals three. And very, very, very reasonable us. sort of assumptions. The trouble is in, in the dirty world of reality yep. where, where, you know, there are systems and processes and people, it just it just did not come together. Many of have acknowledged that. They're trying to turn it around, but it has been a very hard slog. So they came out with their half-year results. Revenue was up. Operating profit was up a little bit, 0.8 of a percent. Again, that's that's sort of on an underlying basis when you exclude some one-off costs. But overall, it wasn't a disaster of a result, I didn't think. But shares have really been sold off again. Quite they they they'd sort of they'd clawed their way back above three dollars, and mm. then they've fallen all the way back down again. I think two thirty or so at the latest read. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, to your point, so why not get out of it? Well, I just think that these this is a business that has incredible assets, wonderful assets that I think a lot of people would be interested to own. Which are? Very a wonderful network. They're building a Singapore ca uh, uh, a cable between uh, Australia and Singapore. It's mm -hmm. actually going to be uh, up and running in the latter half Bloody of this year. Bloody big telegraph poles. Bloody big telegraph poles. <laughs> they got a lot of customers. Um, they're winning market share on the NBN. So as I said, revenue was up here. The business at the top line is, is improving, but, mm. they, but they've had to add a bunch of um, staff to sort of help with their, their processes. Their margins have come down a bit. They've also got a ton of debt, a bucket load of debt, a billion dollars plus of mm. debt. And I think the market's rightly worried about that. Part of the way that they're looking to solve that is they're going to flog off the Kiwi assets. Mm -hmm. They're opening about 500 million or so for that. So that's going to hopefully cut their debt in half. I don't think they're going to get 500 million, frankly, but I think they'll they'll get a good chunk of change mm. for it. Um, you know what? what? You're, if you're a buyer, you always want to buy from a forced seller, right? And Vocus is pretty much a forced seller. They put and, the white flag up and said, we want to get rid of this. Yes. So if you're a buyer, unless you've got a, unless there's an auction going on, yes. you can pretty much name your price. I, I, I think I think that's why I'm a little skeptical on on them yeah. getting the price that they've, they've or, that or the 500 million is undervaluing the company in the first place. They've already low. I, I, I think right? the, I think the, the buyer is actually getting a pretty good deal. Yeah. 
Um, uh, but for my mind, I, I think we, we've talked a bit about it in previous episodes, this, this danger of talking about Buffett, actually, he often says, you know, turnarounds rarely turn. Mm -hmm. And this is very much what you would class as a turnaround play. Yeah. A business that has some pretty decent assets, a pretty decent opportunity, but it's lost its way. Management have recognized that they're looking to turn things around. If you start from the position that this business isn't, isn't in terminal decline. In fact, they're going to sort of fix their problems. And I don't think these problems get fixed overnight. This is, this is something that'll play out over a year plus. Now let me, let me challenge that because mm. their Australian consumer business is in decline. They're struggling to kind of fight the good fight against Telstra and TPG. Yeah. Isn't that the, isn't that the big question for analysts and for investors to say, can they really continue to grow in a market that's dominated by two other telcos who really have their stuff? I don't know if they are in decline. I don't really know. In fact, they've been winning more clients in terms of the MBN. The enterprise division is doing rather well. Data centers is doing really well. So as you and I both know, none of these things move in a straight line. So we've mm. had this wonderful trajectory and then a dip backwards. Is that the start of a decline potentially? Mm. Is it proof positive that it's in decline? I don't think so. Okay. I, I really don't. And, okay. and, and the, the other thing is that the way I approach these things is you kind of, you, you want to start from a position of healthy pessimism mm. and say, well, let's assume that they really take a while to get back on track. And even when they do get back on track, it's never going to be spectacular. Mm. And let's value the business from that standpoint. And I've taken that approach and I kind of think, geez, even when I assume that, I still think the market is, is, is pricing it too pessimistically. So yeah, for, for my money, it's, it's, it's an absolute hold. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a speculative buy, if I can use that, that horrible term for those that, that think that they can turn around. But I don't, I don't think it's something you want to rush out of when the price is so heavily discounted. There's some, there's, there's some, um, uh, interesting people on the board who are agitating for change, who have had right. some good success, um, in terms of Bellamy's and elsewhere that I think have recognized that the thing is when you've got a problem that the first challenge is to, is to recognize that problem. Before you can do anything, you've got to acknowledge that there is a problem. And I think that they've, they've done that. I think they know what needs to be fixed and I think they're fixing it. And I think it's silly to let go at this stage. All right. You mentioned buy and uh, hold and speculate buy in the same frame of uh, conversation. I'm not going to let you get away with that. No, I didn't think but I'm going to wait till next week. We okay. won't do it now. I didn't we won't think do it now. You would. As, as I said, we'll I thought, oh, it's Phillips is going to have that. I'm holding you to account since 2014. Fair enough. Fair enough. I appreciate right. it. So, shall, let, let, shall we move on? Yes. Um, let's talk about A2 Milk. A2 Milk's results were out during the week. A2. They were spec. Bloody tacular. So A2, I've got to give a shout out to our colleagues, Matt, we had on the program a Matt few Joss, weeks back. Correct. And they had a triple spiffy pop. So Motley Fort Pro, this was uh, Matt, uh, Matt Joss and Ryan Newman, the mm -hmm. team there. Yep. Um, recommended A2, had triple spiffy Our friend Joe Mega was uh, on board at the time too. And you sure it was a triple spiffy I pop? I thought it was. I don't know, I might be getting that wrong. It was definitely spiffy pop. I'm not sure if it was a triple. Or maybe I'm getting that wrong. Anyway. <laughs> like it's it gone may, up incredibly. I, I'm sure he will tell us either way. But yeah. either way, the, 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 the members who follow that advice have at least... <laughs> Got their money back in a single day's gain. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty impressive result. Revenue was up 70% for mm. A2 and profit mm. was up more than 100% on the previous year. Yeah. Those are spectacular numbers for a company that goes about effectively producing and selling an agricultural commodity. Yeah. You know, white milk is kind of the, 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 the name that the supermarket types give this product range because mm. it's literally white milk. And yeah. generally up until now, the story has been it's the most commoditized of commodities in the supermarket because yeah. white milk is white milk is white milk. It's mm. not colored. It's not flavored. There's nothing else going on. Yeah. It's just a single product, right? Yeah. And A2 have found a way not only to build a brand around it yep. and to charge a premium for it, yeah. but also to export it around the world. Like yeah. it, it, white milk. It's just a, it's a phenomenal story. 
Yeah, and uh, look, <laughs> go on. Uh, can I look? I, I, I think so. Their, 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 their value prop is that it um, it lacks a certain type of protein. <laughs> and oh, I, I know we're going with this one. And then settle, and, settle and down. This, this, and like this will this will cause some people some aggravate aggravation um, from a digestive standpoint. It's absolutely true. Um, I, I kind of class it, I, I think these things aren't black and white, but I, I kind of, uh, my analogy here. Just a language warning, listeners, he's about to say snake oil. <laughs> my analogy here is with, um, celiacs and people who are intolerant mm-hmm. to gluten. And, you know, you speak to any scientist, um, or person who likes to deal with facts and they will tell you that there is a certain portion of the population that cannot have gluten. I mean, if they do it, they get a really bad reaction. They're allergic to it. It's bad. You stay away from it. Mm. And yet every bloody cafe in, in the trendy parts of Sydney, all they sell is gluten products. And there are people with perfectly... Gluten-free products. Who are, who are not, sorry, gluten-free products, who have absolutely no digestive problem whatsoever. They just think, I don't know what gluten-free is. It sounds as though it's, you know, I'm, I'm interested in my health. It sounds like something I need to avoid. So, I'm, so, so people self-diagnose. And I think that there is a bit of a phenomenon with this. I just know in my own personal experience, a lot of people say, oh, I only drink ATM. You go, oh, great. You've got a bit of sensitivity to the, to the, to the particular protein. I go, what? No, it's no, it's just meant to be better for you. Well, why is it better for? Well, they said it's better, and you kind of have this phenomenon where I think it's, I don't know, I I I do think there is a degree of snake oil. There we go to it, and there, there rant, rant. I could go on. And, and, on but the, 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 the here's the, here's the thing: biases aside, and I will say that about Blackmores too. <laughs> and Blackmores is a recommendation of mine, so I've got no problem with yep. it per se. Yep. The reality is, is that this is a game of um, investment. As long as the business can can sell more and make more money, that you will do well. <laughs> and they're absolutely doing it. So, yeah. I, I yeah. <laughs> I, I, on a personal level, I have yeah. Thanks if you're finished. On a personal <laughs> level, I've missed out on A2 milk for myself and my members thus far. Not because of the snake oil concerns you have, Andrew, though mm-hmm. I do share some of that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, more because I've always been concerned about... So to, to get A2 milk, you have to have cows that are genetically of a certain type. Yep. I, to use a horribly unscientific term. Yep. Um, that only produce milk with the A2 protein. And so uh, there's two types of proteins, A1 and A2, are they call, they're called. And, and to some degree, my concern was that the herd sizes and, and the ability to produce enough A2 milk mm. would be some sort of limiting factor. Mm. Thus far, the company's done a spectacular job of making sure I've been wrong. They've done a deal with Fonterra, the New Zealand dairy giant. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like they'll be fine. So, look, you know, to the extent I've been wrong thus far, it was over supply concerns. We've seen the same with Bellamy's in a different context. So, mm. um, just because A2 works and Bellamy's doesn't, doesn't make either case right. Mm. But that's it. Just, just a watch out. I'm not convinced they've completely solved those problems. Compound growth means that you have to have another 70% on last last month year's 70% yeah. means a whole lot more cows, a whole lot more milk. But that's why they're making every post a winner. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we've got to mention another one too. Mm. Jeez, we, we've got lots to talk about today. Um, it is Altium. Altium is the one that has really mm. been in focus for so many. Gosh, man, did I... You talk about missed opportunity. I sold. Well, Altium was a, a wonderful. Ladies success and gentlemen, for us. welcome to the Andrew Page Confessional Half Hour. <sighs> you got to do it. You got to own it, right? And and so and so we did wonderfully well for us. And um, at about oh geez, I forget now, eleven twelve bucks, yep. we sold out. And it wasn't because we didn't like the company. We didn't like what they were doing. We thought they had a wonderful future. But you you you've you've got to pay a sensible price. And the company has very consistently given some very specific guidance on what they expect to achieve in 2020, what kind of margins they'll get. And you can kind of just, you know, you can, you can get out your napkin and your pen and you can sort of work out what is a reasonable price for those assumptions. And I started to question it at Just for the record, levels. not the officially um, supplied stationary and calculating tools of Motley Fool. 
the napkin. The napkin. We do actually use some other sophisticated stuff. We have some <laughs> abacuses in the back room that we use as well. There's a few abacuses. Yeah. And, and abacai? Abacai? Oh, well, anyway. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> um, and man, they had, they had a spectacular result. It was super, super, super. Now, they haven't, growth they haven't changed their guidance. Mm -hmm. And yet shares are now up around $18 or so. In fact, more than that. Um, and it is, it has been absolutely a spectacular result. Um, it has caused me to sort of dust off the old abacus and the napkins and <laughs> he's upgraded and, and no, uh, yeah, you know what I did? I kind of think maybe no, I was, the, I've got the tools. Uh, I've got the tools. Well, I, I did, I did kind of think maybe I was a little bit too conservative, but to what mate, between you and me and our listeners, <laughs> I have no way of wrapping my head around the valuation that is put out there at the moment. So if you're holding LTM, I'd say, congratulations. You've done extremely well. You've, you've proved that point of not overthinking these things too much. I should point out as well as a dividend service, it's very hard to maintain a recommendation when the yield is so low by virtue of a rising share price. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, for me, it, it, you, you need to have some, some really, really, you have to basically expect that management are going to smash those forecasts and they might. And not only that, that they will be sustaining a very long runway of growth after that 2020 milestone as no. well, which they might, but there is, there is a term in the market called price perf perf for perfection. And that I would say with Altium, it is that and more. My that was opinion. your view about Kogan too, as I recall. Yeah. Yeah, I still stand by that. By okay, the way. so it's uh, it's ten twelve on Friday morning, Thursday morning as we record this, and uh, oh, Kogan shares are up ten point nine percent today. That's fine. I look <laughs> that, I, just just that probably just you know. I, it I, is I a hate, frothy market. I hate, my I hate to and enjoy your misery there's... too much, but I did say that the shares would do well. You said the shares would do badly. It behoves me for journalistic integrity reasons yes. to mention that the share price is up. Okay, uh, let's also put a pin in that because in another year or two's time, <laughs> I'm more than happy. A to year or two though. is extending the time frame now. What's, I'm a long-term investor, my friend. I'm not no, trying. No, no. I never said that it was going to fall into peace in the no, next actually few you months. did because we made our outrageous predictions and yeah, that's exactly so, what you said. It's only February, my friend. I've got time. You said year or two. I'm just making very clear that okay. we said the end of the year was our, was our frame reference. Don't, don't try and extend the frame just to make yourself happy here. All right. When it doubles by the end of the year, you'll say, again, Phillips, you were right. And I'll say, you know what? I really, really was. I remain comfortable in my outlook. <laughs> real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. I have to let you rant now for some godforsaken reason. Oh, we up to that, are we? Yeah. Um, well, look, this isn't so much... A, a... <laughs> Did you hear the relish in his voice, Liam? <laughs> Before you do, though, yeah. Andrew. Oh. I think Liam's got something for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Can I make that as my ringtone? I need to. I need to get the sound of it. That is just brilliant. I love it. Solutions of grandeur, Mister. Uh, look, I, I, we mentioned briefly before this idea of a PE ratio. It's a term that gets thrown around. It's probably a little bit of jargon that if you're new to the market, you're not familiar with it. It's simply the price of a share divided by the earnings per share, and it's a rough measure of the value or otherwise of the company you might be looking at buying. If a company's earning a dollar. What is that company worth? Is it worth $10? Is it worth $5? It gives you a way to benchmark that. Okay. Rather than saying, what is this worth? I don't know. It's worth $10 because I think it is. I can sort of say, well, at 10 times earnings, that's reasonable. And, the market... and 10 times earnings is a P of 10 just to bring it back. So sorry. company yep. earns 10 bucks, earns a dollar, sorry. Yep. The market cap's 10 bucks. Yep. So you're paying $10 for a dollar of earnings. Yes. 10 divided by one is 10. Yep. The P is 10. On average, over the long term, markets tend to be what around. qualifiers here. Well, you have to, right? So because at the moment, the average price earnings multiple of the market, um, according to Morningstar, is over 18. Now, traditionally, or, or I don't, just be careful here, because I think you're about to tell me that PEs don't matter, but then you're going to make a case the market's overvalued because the P is high. No, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm, right. I'm just giving the lay of the All land, right. my just, friend. Just, just, trying to, just trying to warn you. Giving the lay of the land. 
And my job just... is to hold you to logical consistency. So I, just... and, I, and I thank you for it. I, that's, that's the kind of person you want to speak to in this game, frankly. The last <laughs> person that's you want to person you are. Thanks very well, much. Well, the person you don't want to speak to in investing is the one who, who emphatically agrees with everything you say, because that way is the path of ruin. So I'm going to so, shut up and let you rant. Go so, on. So anyway, so anyway, uh, long term average is around about 15. Um, so so the, the 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 dirty easy thumb suck way of looking at a share is you say, hey, the P is eight, ergo it's cheap because you know market averages is at the moment is well above that. That, and certainly even over longer time frames over that. And you can look at something that has a PE of 50 and say, my goodness, that is expensive. Uh, what's the PE of corporate travel management? Good example, actually. I haven't checked this morning, but it was high 30s, 37, 30s. 38 times earnings. Something Double like that. the market. Mm -hmm. And so again, you get this, what Howard Marks likes to call first order thinking, which is at, 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 a, at a peripheral level, that is really expensive. And, and I'm I going think... to quickly set some scene here because mm -hmm. traditionally, mm -hmm. low PE stocks actually do beat higher PE stocks, statistically speaking, over time. Yeah, they do, in fact. And that's and there's there's an interesting... So therefore, low PE is better. Uh, yes. Um, the thing is, a lot of those studies is that when you when you do that over very long periods of time, over very, very large numbers of stocks, you get an averaging effect where you, you there's a lot of truth in it. I think it's when you get to the specific that that... that those kinds of generalizations can can break down. My rant is on the fact that just because something has a PE of 100 doesn't mean it's expensive. And just because something has a PE of 2 doesn't make it cheap. It on, might... That's mathematically kind of impossible. To well, here's, the, here's the other thing. So generally speaking, um, and again, there's different ways of carving this up, but generally speaking, you take the earnings of a business, which is what they've reported. So mm -hmm. this is, hey, we earned this last year. These are our earnings. Here's our price today, and that's how you do the calculation. The price of a share is based on its future earnings. If I buy corporate travel today, I do not get what it earned last year as a shareholder. I do not get what it earned in the previous years. All right. I get is exposure to its future earnings. So if, power. You, buy, if you buy property, you're not getting you're not getting last year's rent, right? Unfortunately not. You get right? next year's rent. You get next year's rent and right. the year after that. And as long as you hold it, that's the rent that you get. And, and in the world of finance, when you're saying, well, what is something really worth? The most logically, rationally consistent way of answering that question is, well, it's really just worth the sum of its future cash flows. We've talked about this a lot. Discounted back by an appropriate We've rate. We've talked about this a lot. I've you, talked about you have, it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a really good mental <laughs> no, model. No, it's true, right? So if, you think, if, you're, if you're paying any price for anything, it, you only want to pay that price if you're going to get back as much as you paid and more to justify your, your purchase in the first If you're going to give me a hundred bucks next year, I'm not going to give you a hundred bucks today. Right. If you're going to promise to give me a hundred bucks this year and I only have to give you 50 bucks, I will do that all day long. Right. Or even if you, if you promise to give me back 10 bucks a year and I, I can hold that for 20 years, yeah. over 20 years, I'm going to get 200 bucks back from a hundred buck outlay. Yeah. That's a good deal. I can account for inflation and opportunity right. costs and right. other things like that. And it's, it's a good deal. It's a really, it's just a rational way of approaching things. Right. So my point is if something's at a P of two and next month the company is going to blow up and earn zero and, and not be worth anything well it is massively overpriced right. you know if it's going to zero it's it's infinitely priced and now, you're going to do I want very to say well forge the engineering services business was at some point very very cheap very cheap before it was then worth exactly zero any company that's gone bankrupt was cheap at one point <laughs> yeah, on right, this metric right and you look at some of the the better performing companies that are out there you mentioned Domino's. well yep. Domino's is an interesting thing because there's, there's amazon, more right? recent things here but 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 yeah look Domino's, amazon corporate travel management mm -hmm. altium yep. you name it Kogan. The, Kogan, <laughs> any of these things have had ridiculously high multiples and it, it scares a lot of people away. So I think it is a really good uh, rule of thumb if you're coming at things, but 
for the love of God, don't stop there. You need to put that in perspective of what the business is going to be doing. If you're looking at a business, maybe like Telstra, you think, geez, that thing ain't going to grow by much. Mm. That's fine. That's not a problem at all. But you probably, then you can sort of, then you can approach the PE in a sensible way and sort of say, well, it's probably only worth a, a fairly average PE, you know, 13 or 14 times because it ain't growing too much. If you've got corporate travel, which is growing at 30% per annum, frankly, a PE of 30 is probably pretty cheap. So just think about it a little bit more beyond the first order is all I'm saying. Now, Andrew, I was criticized last week. It was pointed out to me last week that I agreed with you. And and one of our Twitter correspondents just suggested a, that... A, a lapse of judgment there. Well, I, I, or, was that John? I'm, I'm, it was John Verplady. I'm simply going to say... John, thank you. I'm not going to agree with you. I'm just going to say I have nothing else to add. You can, you can interpret that as you, as you wish. I can't bring myself to say, well done, you're right. I'll just say I have nothing else you to add. You have implicitly agreed just by some uh, of the no, 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 uh, let's not, uh, don't put recommendations Don't put words in my mouth. Don't put words in my mouth. Okay. All right. I, I will be a little more explicit. I think you're dead right. I think it's all yes. about the future. Two for um, two. <laughs> stand by. Uh, it's all about the future. The, the PE statistically does matter on a whole of market level. Sure. If you bought a basket of value stocks, they have over time and are likely to continue to beat the market over time. Mm-hmm. But if you're not buying every low PE stock yeah. and avoiding every high PE stock, once you get into stock picking, then it's about the future, not just some statistical measure of the past. Absolutely. Shall we finish it then? Well, let's do it, mate. Um, uh, remember, you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. And it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't say, and you should. And just, I almost said it for you, <laughs> And if you like what we're doing, please give us a five-star rating on a iTunes. A five-star rating, as you normally say. A five-star rating. And that's fat with a PH <laughs> to the homies out there. I'm sure uh, a lot I of- I apologize. <laughs> You've got to keep it real, my friend. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, <laughs> and there's probably an alternate spelling of real there as well. Um, remember, if you'd like some more foolish goodness, you can go to <laughs> mollyfool.com.au forward no, 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 slash... Just, just fool.com.au. What did I say? Motleyfool.com.au. I've only been here for four or five years, man. I'll, let, I, let me do the URL. Huh? Can you do it, please? Fool.com.au forward slash... Triple M. There we go. Until next week, I'm Andrew Page. And I'm Scott Phillips. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.